this is number four of the video blogs for life group leaders and we're looking at engaging truth again as we did last time but this time rather than the why I want to look at some of the how, some practical pointers for this part of our life group sessions together. And my visual aid is quite simply a bible and here's my old reliable and it sticks with me pretty much wherever I go. Um, firstly I just want to look at structure for this section and then I want to look at some tips for facilitation as well. So in terms of structure I would encourage you to think about uh, asking somebody to open in prayer. And I think this is a good time to do it. You could have done it already more generally for the whole evening but if you haven't already do so now. Just pick somebody. Uh, you can even give them a feel uh, or some ideas of what to pray for. You say Come on, James, will, will you ask God just to help us uh, understand and learn something from God's heart uh, from this section and for his presence to be with us? Uh, or whatever you feel. And that person can then bring that prayer and you can press on expectant of meeting with God and hearing his voice. I would encourage you to read uh, one of the Bible passages together, at least one of them. Um, you could go around the room and ask each person to read a few verses at a time or you might just want to be mindful of people's reading abilities or poor eyesight or the fact that you've got people for whom English is their second or third language and pick on two or three people perhaps. Uh, I suggest not yourself, you know, find others who can read the passage aloud. I would strongly encourage you, if it's not too long a passage, to get it reread out loud. Um, I just think sometimes the second time it's read is, is more than twice as good as the first time in terms of the impact on our lives. I find that for myself in my own Bible reading. I think it's true also in that group setting as well. We've also got people with different versions and just enjoying and endorsing and, uh, and gleaning from that variety can be really helpful as well. So do think about rereading a passage. And then really the structure is all about asking questions. Um, once somebody said people are never so likely to settle a question rightly as when they discuss it freely. And questions are, if you like, are tall for encouraging that type of discussion. Keeping it on track, keeping it together and making it something meaningful that could shape our lives going forward. Now I hope you'll have more questions than you need from your life group uh, briefing notes. So do feel free and at liberty to select from them. Don't feel the need to go through them one at a time or even in the order that I present them. But if there's one encouragement, I'd, I'd ask you to try and include one from each of three types of question. And you may in time get more skilled than me and have some other questions that you can ask Instead, you may already be able to do that. I'm sure many of you can. But try and have an open-ended question. Try and start with this. Try and start with a broad question, a, a how, who, why, or what type question. Uh, broad in scope so that people can draw things out that were relevant particularly to them. So what stood out particularly for you? What encouraged you? Or what do you find most helpful, challenging, or troubling from this? How did this talk or this passage make you think or feel um, as we read it out or on the Sunday we're talking about. So an open-ended question. Another type of the question to include is a go beyond question. So try and include a question that goes beyond what the sermon 
looked at, kind of extrapolates it one to one next level. Um, I think otherwise people could get bored if we're simply going over the same material, or people might be inclined to just regurgitate rather than engage with the truth that um, we're looking at. Now at times, and I'll try and do this more often than not, there'll be some uh, sort of further discussion or further study type questions, looking at other passages in the Bible that are relevant or on the main theme or topic that we're talking about, either in complement or kind of stepping it more forward into kind of practical application. So do use one of those. I would encourage you to look at that, a go-beyond question. And try and include an application question that really helps to perhaps drive the main point home, tries to kind of deliberately and purposefully deal with the attitude or the life change issue that is relevant for that topic, that helps just to nudge people one step further on in their walk with God. I know, for example, we've looked at prayer on one of the weeks and we asked, well, which of these types of prayer come most naturally to you? And then later we asked, well, which one do you need to add to your repertoire of uh, prayer types? So that's um, the structure for engaging truth. And then the other section really is around facilitation. And uh, this is something, I guess, that some people just learn over time. I, I've certainly been aided with just being involved in small groups over a long period of time and just learning from experience. Some groups are ruined by one of two things, um, at, the, at the most extreme, weak leadership and dominant leadership. Weak leadership can sometimes be that the person leading that discussion is just not prepared sufficiently, which hopefully only means reviewing the, the notes that were produced for the Sunday, if there were one, or, or being there, or catching up on podcasts, or reading the questions in advance, if you're the one leading the discussion, so that at least you can select the ones that work for you, put them in your words, if that's helpful, and not be caught out, just kind of reading them, uh, kind of unaware of what's coming next. The other kind of area of weak leadership is allowing somebody to do all the talking, and, and not kind of stepping in to try and manage that and bring other people through. But the other challenge, as I say, is the dominant leadership where the person who's been given that task of facilitation does all the talking as well, instead actually of giving the stimulus and the prompt for other people to be free to speak out, to say what's on their mind and to contribute from their experience and their understanding. The real aim really is to encourage people to talk to the group as a whole rather than back to you or whoever it is that's leading that session individually. So rather than, than you, person A, then you, then person B, then you, and person C doing the talking, it should be more like you, person C, person A, person B, maybe you, maybe person C again and A and back to you and C etc. It's, it's got to be much more fluid, at least that's what we're aiming for. I would encourage you to have a stock of interjections that you could use to bring everyone into the discussion, and you don't need these necessarily written down, but sometimes it can help in those early stages, such as, you know, well, what does anybody else think? Or to the quiet person in the room, what do you think about it, James? Or to the person who keeps going on, you're not sure if they're going to stop, you just, could I just stop you there, you, you made really good 
point there. And before we move on, it'd be really great just to find out what do the rest of you think of that. So be bold. I encourage you to do that. Uh, consider at times, and this might be partly dependent on the size of your group or however many turn up on the evening, to divide into smaller groups. Uh, I guess the downside is you don't get to hear everything that's going on, but the main thing is that each individual engages with the truth and is moved forward in their understanding and in their application into their life. And you don't need to be aware of, of what that is. And for some people, a smaller group context of just two or three, turn to the person next to you, etc., allows them more... Uh, uh, Openness allows them more contribution than they might have foreseen otherwise and just puts a bit more ownership on each person to engage with this bit of truth and think about it than they might do if they can just leave it to others in the larger discussion. Just give it them an individual task for a couple of minutes or so, five minutes at max. Don't give them the whole task in that setting, just in sections and then encourage some feedback. Again, getting people to participate by summarising what people have brought and what contributions were made. Now, I think that can help avoid some meaningless or maybe some aimless discussion. I think it can also help those who are less inclined to participate in a larger group. It can also help just cover more ground because you can give different Bible passages to different people in the room, different pairs, and because you won't have time for us all together to look at every suggested passage that's relevant on that theme. So there you go, hopefully that's given you some food for thought. And my heart really for uh, breaking up this training into more bite-sized packages is that after each one, hopefully it gives you uh, an idea of one or two things you could do differently next time you lead a life group. I guess if I was to string all these together, uh, it would be more difficult to act on all of it at once. So uh, I encourage you just to take something out of each of these and uh, see how you get on.